This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network. My latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this episode, I visit with Eden Jalot. Eden is a crisis management communications professional, and she visits with us about what clients are asking her about communications during the time of the coronavirus health crisis and the economic dislocation. And then she looks forward into Q2, excuse me, Q3 and 4 of 2020 for similar issues. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have back with me Eden Gillette. Eden is the president of Gillette Communications, and she's a crisis management specialist. And I thought it would be great to visit with her about some of the questions she's hearing from her clients uh, during this time as we move really from the start of the uh, coronavirus health crisis into the reopening. So first of all, uh, welcome, and thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. Thanks for having me. So uh, as I mentioned, you you guys and you are a specialist in crisis management. You've written some great practical books to help uh, the business executive, the compliance practitioner, and really anyone. But I was wondering, what are the questions you're hearing from your clients as we move really from the first phase of coronavirus to the start of the reopening? Sure. So some of the questions that I've been seeing reoccur again and again are, the uncertainty around reassuring their employees, their customers, and their strategic partners, right? So it's, you know, what do they say? How often should they be reaching out? And in what formats? Uh, another thing that I've been seeing is how do they, as leaders, keep it all together when they're employee or with their employees, when even they themselves are going through issues, whether, you know, it's as a business owner or with their families or uh, the differing views from their friends. Um, another issue is... How do they prepare to reopen? So uh, in California, we're going through that right now. There's a lot of places that want to be able to reopen, but uh, they are either short-staffed or worried about getting backlash from people about reopening too soon or how they reopen. Um, in, in addition to that, so it's, you know, how do they handling reopening, especially if you have different locations, right? So Santa Monica might have different um restrictions than, you know, the Inland Empire and how do you deal with people who wear masks versus the anti-maskers? And also when you do open in different places, you know, what about people that protest? Um, And also one of the really, really big issues is how do they handle people who believe that they just aren't doing enough, right? You can never make everyone happy, but there are always going to be that subsect of people who are going to get upset thinking that you're not doing enough as a business to take care of either your employees or the customers. So, um, as I said before, you specialize in crisis communication, and I think you've described to me this: you'll get the phone call either the night before, the day of, in the middle of it, or unfortunately, sometimes after it's happened. But here you're talking about really working with clients on proactive communication. Is that part of uh, your offerings as well? 
Yes, it is actually interesting. So being proactive was always something that we offered, but people usually waited until things got particularly bad. But especially with coronavirus, uh, people are now seeing the wisdom of hiring us earlier or bringing, not necessarily us, but bringing in people earlier rather than later to hopefully nip issues in the bud or stop you from ever having them become issues. So the questions I heard you articulate, you're hearing from your clients, frankly, are ones I've asked myself. So uh, I was wondering how you help companies think through these issues like cadence in amount of communication, the various stakeholders for a consumer facing business, such as a restaurant. Uh, It might be the mask wearers. It might be the anti-mask wearers. It might be those protesting. It's certainly your employees. Uh, and and even your your vendors and your suppliers, how do you help them think through that process? So uh, coming in as an outsider, right? I am I have an objective view, and I'm able to go through and help them brainstorm and think of things. You know, working with the business owners or the executives is really great, and getting a lot of different perspectives because you're able to go through and see things that other people might miss. Um, it's also good to be bouncing ideas off of people because sometimes people will come up with communications that they think are spot on. But then from an outsider's perspective, you can see that how it could be misinterpreted. Um, so it's working through them or working through the issues with them. Uh, uh, does tone deafness come up occasionally? It does come up. Uh, recently, we got something completely unrelated to coronavirus, but that in, in, inadvertently sent a perhaps racist email, um, which from an outsider's perspective, as soon as I looked at it, went, oh, oh, boy, like there's no way that this was inadvertent. So toned down. I've got lots of podcasts and some are a little bit more humorous than others. And we try to uh, convey humor and I've just felt that's completely inappropriate at this time. Uh, And as we're recording this uh, today, of course, now in the middle of the protests around the George Floyd killing, is that something that is uh, always a question that you have to help people uh, work through? It is always a question that I have to ask myself and then other people when they're issuing statements or any sort of communications. Um, And the trouble with uh, a lot of people like to save time and then stack all their communications, plan things out in a calendar, and then they have them released out in, you know, whatever fashion they do. A lot of times you'll have something set and it will be completely fine. And then something will happen in the news um, that will make it a timely, inappropriate thing to say. So it's always good to review things. It's great to be proactive and work things ahead in a calendar, but always make sure you review things. When, when new stories pop up. That's a, that's a great point. Are the skills that you bring to bear when it's a true crisis communication similar to the skills you would use when you have a little bit more time to help a company plan out their communications? Um, the, I think the constant thing is being calm and objective. Uh, so that works for being proactive as well as being in the middle of a crisis. But the being calm is really key when everything starts to hit the fan. The uh, and as you mentioned, you're in California, uh, and I think uh, most listeners will recognize California has been uh, perhaps a little more conservative in terms of reopening. I'm in Texas, and and we are now, I think next Monday is full reopening in Texas. How can you help a company um, understand or work through those issues around communication across the country if they're a multi-state company? So it. It depends on what the company would like to do. So, for example, I have a client right now, and they have several different locations in the varying different uh, areas that have 
different requirements. And so that company in particular has decided that they are going to do the same thing across the board. So their communications are going to be very much, you know, these are our core beliefs and these are the ways that we're showing up, proving these core beliefs. It really depends on the company. Um, but you just want to make sure that you're being consistent with your messaging. One of the problems with having different locations have different sets of standards is if you say, you know, our core beliefs are, uh, you know, customers first or employees first, people will immediately go, well, you did this here, but why not there? And they'll have a much easier time to poke holes if they want to. Is the, um, from your perspective, or I guess from the communications perspective, are we truly in an unprecedented time or is this, uh, are there prior examples that you can draw upon either your own personal examples or others you've worked with that can help through this time period? So whether or not we've been through anything actually similar, so many people feel impacted as if they've never seen anything similar to this before. Um, one of the things that we've been noticing is that no matter what's going on, you want to make sure that you lead with empathy and compassion and patience because a lot of people are processing things at very different times right now. And maybe they've gone through something before, but they've completely forgotten. Everything feels very new. Everyone's very scared. And when they're scared, they don't listen to information at the same rate that they normally would. Um, misinterpretation and miscommunication really runs high when people are scared. Now, if I could overlay uh, kind of a national uh, conversation. So one of the uh, things that uh, I'm interested in is sports and sports reopening. And we have states like California who are still uh, relatively close to states in the South, which are, are much more reopened. How, how would uh, someone like the governor or the sports teams think through reopening while businesses cannot do so? Well, with sporting events, we have so many more people that are going to be packed into things. And it's that's really, you have to gather a team and really make sure that you're looking through things in terms of the safety aspect, talking to healthcare uh, advisors, talking to legal, right? Running. You don't want to, you don't, of course, when you're reopening, you don't want to make, you want to make sure it doesn't look like profit is your number one goal or that you're just trying to reopen for the sake of money. Um, you really want to make sure that you're taking care of people. And uh, the second part of this equation, in my mind, is the economic dislocation. And once again, I'm in Houston, so that's a huge thing on everyone's mind right now. Lots of bankruptcies already. How do you help a company begin to think through those issues around uh, economic dislocation, bankruptcy, or perhaps even a merger or acquisition uh, at this point in time? So our two big focuses with that are chapter 11. So that's actually restructuring. And the problem with restructuring is that the general public, this here's bankruptcy, chapter 11 bankruptcy. And they think that the company has gone belly up and that there is just no more. They'll stop shopping with you. They'll just think that you're no longer in existence. So what you really need to do from a chapter 11 standpoint is communicate with people, you know, what's going on, how this restructuring is actually going to have you come out stronger and that you're still open or available for business. In terms of the mergers or acquisitions, that is also more on a proactive side because it's already hard enough to run a business. But when you start merging uh, different company cultures together, it can burn the house down from the inside. 
That's uh, that's a great point, and uh, I hope the listeners, particularly uh, the compliance practitioners, understand that the skills uh, that uh, Eden brings to bear really uh, complement everything we try to uh, communicate in the compliance profession overlaid with a professional communication skill that many lawyers who sit in the CCO chair may not have been trained on. So once again, I hope that we can uh, call upon you perhaps in the fall and uh, see where we are then. Eden, I always learn so much uh, when I get to visit with you. This has been a fascinating exploration. I was wondering if our listeners wanted more information, uh, where could they go? Uh, you can uh, either uh, check out my new book. So a lawyer's, uh, not a lawyer's guide, sorry, a business owner's guide to crisis PR. It's filled with a lot of questions from business owners. We also have a lawyer's guide and a board member's guide. Um, that's probably the best place to go. They're both, or all three actually now, have three books, uh, available on Amazon. Great. Well, uh, I hope that uh, perhaps I can call upon you in the fall as we move into whatever the next phase of whatever we're in is at that time. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.